there we go. So, Isaiah has a great message for us. And we should probably begin with a great big, pay attention. Turn to your neighbor and say, pay attention. Good. Now you don't have any excuse not to pay attention. See, the thing is, has anyone ever said something to you and, and you missed it? Just this morning, I was sitting there in the fellowship hall and, and Tess said something to me and it took me a few minutes to realize that she was speaking to me. It happens. Have you ever been... Has anyone ever been talking to you for even a few minutes or, or longer and then you suddenly realize that they were speaking to you and they're looking at you and they're looking at you expectantly waiting for you to respond or at least acknowledge that you're being spoken to and you have absolutely no idea what they said or even how to respond to them. This is our life at home, Angela and I. Um, she will tell you, if you ask her, that I probably missed the first minute or so of almost every conversation that we ever have because the way I'm wired, my, my brain takes at least that long for me to disengage from one thought stream. Believe it or not, I am thinking. Whatever I'm engaged in at the moment, she begins to speak to me. And then my brain has to realize that I now need to activate the hearing center in my brain and refocus my thoughts on the words that Angela is saying and then allow my brain to engage with her conversation. All of that gears whirring and clicking and buttons being pushed inside my head and smoke coming out my ears. It takes a while for my brain to get up to speed. And so... As she says, I often miss the first minute of our conversations, which, unfortunately for, for me, usually begin with a question or two, which I completely miss, and then I have to ask her to repeat the question, and inevitably, she says, why don't you ever listen? Is, is it just me or is anybody else share this struggle with someone else in your household? I see hands going up. See, I, I always tell her that she knows this is our ongoing struggle daily. So she should get my attention first before she begins speaking to make sure that I'm listening. You have to get my attention first, I tell her. And she always has some comment like, well, should I throw a shoe in? <laughs> throw a shoe. Can you imagine? Now, I usually respond with a smirk. And, and I tell her, no, just, just gently get my attention. Make sure that I... I'm looking at you and engaged with you before you begin any important conversation because you know how I am. See, the truth is that I could probably be more in tune to my immediate surroundings and less absorbed in thought. But it seems that I'm wired this way, and so if you have something important to tell me, 
make sure you get my attention first because chances are, just like Angela and, and myself when we're at home, it, it's no different here in the church. If, if I'm not looking at you, I'm not listening to you, I apologize for that. That's just the way God wired me. No shoe throwing tests. No brick throwing either. You know, I, I, it occurred to me that I had rocks in here just the other Sunday. Probably not my best move. Interestingly enough, our readings this morning deal with this very thing. Isaiah has something important to tell us, and so he begins his conversation with us by first getting us to put our full attention on him. He says, listen to me. If, you know, if we would all start our conversations that way, we wouldn't miss anything. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you people from far away, he says. Isaiah, the prophet of God, is trying to get our attention. Because God has some important news for us that he needs us to hear and to understand this morning. He wants us to pay attention. He doesn't want us to throw a shoe at each other. But he wants us to be engaged with the prophet Isaiah this morning so that we hear what it is that God has to say. And so now he has our undivided attention. What is it that Isaiah is telling us that is so very important? Well, for starters, he's telling us that we, you and I, are called to do God's work in building up the kingdom of God. We have a big task ahead of us, proclaiming Christ to all the nations, making disciples of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything they need to know to be active citizens of the kingdom of God. That's a huge responsibility, is it not? And so we have to pay attention so that we know how to accomplish this great task that God has for us. Isaiah says that we are called. We were called from our mother's womb. We were called before we were born to be kingdom workers, to be apostles, to be heralds, to be teachers, to be disciples. We were called to do the work of the church. In the epistle this morning that Bobby read, Paul says... <coughs> That he is called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. We as the church are also called. We are sanctified in Christ Jesus, Paul says. Called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is both their Lord and ours. You are called to this ministry. Did you know that you were called? to be a minister of the faith. And you're not only called, but you're also equipped to be a minister of the faith. 
He says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, he will also strengthen you to the end. So that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. See it's a great thing to be called into service by God. But it is also made greater still by the equipping through Jesus Christ. And the empowering by the Holy Spirit. It's been given to you to carry out your call. You are called and you are equipped to do what God is asking you to do. God has given us everything that we need to accomplish your mission here for the kingdom. You're not lacking in anything. Let me say that again. You're not lacking in anything that you need to carry out the mission that God has called you. You're not lacking in energy. You're not lacking in strength. You're not lacking in wisdom. You're not lacking in knowledge. You're not lacking in faith. Your cup runneth over in all of those things. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we using what we've been given? You have the mission, you have the equipment, you have the support of Jesus. Are you using what you've been given? You might ask yourself some important questions like, am I focusing my full attention on learning the word of God? Do I fully understand the mission I'm tasked with in the word? Is it possible that I need to learn more? Is it my priority to share the good news of Jesus and the salvation he brings? Do I know enough about my faith to express it to someone else? Am I fully trained and fully equipped? Am I ready for the task at hand? Have I engaged with the equipping that the Lord has provided? See, if you honestly ask and answer those questions within yourself, most of us probably will come to the realization that there is more to learn, that more attention could be paid, that our priorities might be askew, that we have only scratched the surface of our faith. But know this, that the support we need is here and it is available. The strength of Jesus is here for you. The word of God is free for you to open and to read. The opportunity for you to learn and discuss with your fellow believers is available to you right here in Bible study on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock. 5.45 if you want to get a plate of food first. Right here in the fellowship hall. 
Now, you have at your fingertips all you ever need to know if you will but look, listen, pay attention, and participate. It's amazing what you can see if you will just look. It's amazing what we can see if we will only open our eyes to it, look at it, listen for it, pay attention to it. I haven't forgotten the gospel lesson this morning. I, I, I waited until now to share it because we all need to be fully engaged with it this morning. We all need to be fully focused on it. See, in our, our gospel lesson this morning from, from the first chapter of the gospel according to John, starting at about verse 29, we find John the Baptist and his followers are looking and watching. They're paying attention. And because they were paying attention, this is what they saw. Hear what John writes. Matter of fact, this is the gospel. If you're able, please stand for the reading of it. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates, which translated means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So as I read that, I think, oh, that we would pay attention well enough to recognize the Lamb of God whenever He presents Himself to us. Oh, that we would be so mentally, emotionally, and spiritually engaged 
that we would see Jesus in our midst and respond to Him appropriately. Well, that we would see Him in those people who cross our paths on a daily basis. That we would recognize Him in the least and the lost, the broken and the downtrodden, and that we would respond to them as if we were responding to Jesus Christ Himself. Because when it comes right down to it, if we were paying attention to His words, we would know that when we respond to the least of His people with love and compassion and attention, we are in fact doing it to Him. think of how many times I might have missed him because I was engaged with something that seemed important. How many times might I have I missed an opportunity to minister to the least and the lost and by doing that missed an opportunity to Engage with Jesus Himself because something here was more important than real people out here. Oh, I am the chief among sinners. It's not just this. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are, there are times when this is totally appropriate and necessary. There are times when you can reach people on this for Christ that you can't reach otherwise. Much like our live stream, which goes across oceans and across the continent and reaches people with the gospel message that comes from this little sanctuary and Splendora, Texas, there are times when it's appropriate, but I have to tell you that when your family is present, put it down. When your friends are present, put it down. If you want to engage with your surroundings, put the phone down. Oh, I'm preaching to myself, I promise. But there's someone out there that needs to hear this because whatever is going on in our immediate surroundings, that's the divine appointment that God wants you to engage in at the moment. Those people are crossing your path not by coincidence, but by God incidents. Those people are put there to interface and interact with the light of Christ that should come from you. As the church. Engage with those around. Be. The light on the lampstand. On the hill that scripture talks about. This should be reserved for the quiet. Of solitude where you can use it as a tool. To spread the gospel. And that goes for anything that diverts your attention away from the people in your immediate surroundings. 
magazine. It might be something on a TV screen. How many times have I spent in a hospital waiting room surrounded by people who could use the healing touch of Jesus and instead of talking to them and praying for them, even if I silently do it without their knowledge, could I have spent that time asking for the healing presence of the Holy Spirit for them? And instead I'm reading emails and scanning through Facebook. Well, if it's just me, then I'm just confessing to the congregation. But someone out there I know is like me. We get so engaged that we forget that our job is to be a minister of the faith to people. Love God, love people. But we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention. Oh, that we would see him and hear him and pay attention to him by ministering to the people in our midst. In the name of the Father and the Son. In the Holy Spirit. Amen.